0: Thank you, Pastor Larry. Thank you, worship team. Shall we give the worship team a hand? Thank you to all those who are serving in front, behind the scenes. We're so grateful for all of you who are part of the house. And so, uh, good morning, Gracians. So good to have all of you join us today. Thank you for making time to be with us to worship together. Whether you're on site here or whether you are online, we just want to say welcome home to Grace. We're so glad that you are here. It's November, it's a new month, and really soon, We're going to have new service timings. Everything is new. But thank God we are at the end of our Revelation Sermon Series, final two chapters. And in the last nine sermons, many have responded to God through His Word. And I pray today that in this service, many will encounter God again and commit their lives and make fresh commitments to the Lord again. Today, we will learn about the new heaven and the new earth and why we can look forward to it, and why we should look forward to it. Now, if you have been joining us for some time, you would know that one analogy that we use in this whole sermon series is that of Russian dolls, right? Do you all remember the Russian doll analogy? And so in this Russian doll analogy, we can see that when we remove each layer of the Russian doll, the doll gets smaller. But every individual layer and all the layers put together still represent the same Russian doll. So in the spirit of a Russian doll, um, that sounds really terrible, in the spirit of that analogy of the Russian doll, okay, let's revisit some layers in this series. From the get-go, we learn that Jesus reveals Himself to us for us to be His witnesses. And through the letters to the seven churches, Jesus calls us to repent of all compromise And he shows us what the enduring church looks like. Now then we moved into heaven's throne room where we learned that Jesus' death and resurrection give hope and redemption for God's human family. The seven seals, the seven trumpets, the seven bowls, it showed us God's intensifying wrath upon the earth. But at the same time, it also shows us that Jesus would deliver his faithful witnesses through tribulation It tells us that God is merciful and desires all to repent. And it tells us that God's judgment is certain and definitely has consequences. And then when we move into the seven signs, Jesus shows us the supernatural conflict throughout human history and most importantly, how He will return as King to deal with evil. So in the final two chapters of 21 and 22, it doesn't just conclude what John wrote, Within Revelation, but it also concludes the meta narrative of the entire Bible. Now, for those of us here who are familiar with our supernatural realm sermon series, we would know that God has a human family. That's us, the human family, and God also has a divine family called the sons of God. And maybe some of you remember the divine council. Now, in these chapters, or in these chapters that we're going to go through today, these two families, will be reunited to form a new and blended divine family. Okay, so here's the big idea for today, our final big idea in this 10-part sermon series before our Q&R. God will make all things new. God will make all things new. If you're online, would you type new? And if you're here with us, will you turn to someone beside you and tell that person, God will make all things new? And so in this new heaven and new earth, in the renewed Eden, the renewed paradise, we can look forward to, point number one for all of us today, we can look forward to a new home with a reunited family. Now we've spoken about this reunited family and there are a few things we must know about this reunited family. So let's begin with chapter 21, verse 9. We hear or we read that one angel spoke to John and the angel said, come, come. I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. Now, this bride, the bride was also mentioned in chapter 21, verse 2, where John saw the holy city, the New Jerusalem, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. So make a note on this idea of the holy city. We will come back to it later. In some New Testament passages, and in John's time when Christianity first began, the church was known as the bride of Christ. Now, some of us will be asking, who is the bride of Christ? What is the bride of Christ supposed to do? What is the bride of Christ supposed to prepare herself for and ready herself for? Let me put it this way for us to understand. A new family unit always begins with husband and wife. And at their wedding, the bride and the groom would vow to remain faithful to each other. And so church, that is what we are to do as the church, the bride of Christ, to remain faithful to Christ. So as a wife remains faithful to a husband, we, the church, are to remain faithful to Christ who sacrificed His life for the church. Now you see, a new family unit also usually has a new home. And in our new home, we will be reunited with God to form a blended family. And as I've alluded to just now, this blended family contains all the images of God, whether you are a human imager or you are a divine imager. So long as you have chosen correctly, so long as you are aligned to His will. And what is His will? That Yahweh is the God of gods and that His way is the only way and is the best way. So observe how John described God's family and home in chapter 21, verse 1 and verse 3. He says this, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. Verse 3, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, behold, the dwelling place of God is with men. He will dwell with them, and they will be His people, and God Himself will be with them as their God. Now we need to understand a few things about this new home heaven and earth will no longer be separate places because heaven will return to earth as a place with Edenic conditions. Now, throughout these two chapters, there are many allusions to Isaiah, all right? And so John was writing and he was talking about symbolisms in Isaiah. So in this particular passage, he was referring to Isaiah chapter 65, verse 17 to 25, Isaiah 65. And this is where the Old Testament prophet described the new heavens and the new earth that God would create. And so like Eden, the paradise Eden, this perfect environment would house a perfect life in the eternal kingdom. In this new home, God would give us dominion over the earth, uh, which, was originally, uh, which was what He originally desired. Chapter 22, verse 3-4, to 4, John describes this new home as a place where no longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and the Lamb will be in it, and His servants will worship Him. They will see His face, and His name will be on their foreheads. Now some of you, would I picked up, the sea will be no more. When John described this place as the sea, or of having no more sea, he was actually referring to a Jewish metaphor where the sea in the Jewish mind always represented chaos or destruction or death. And so when John says the sea is no more, essentially he's telling us that chaos in this new home will no longer be there. It will be absent. Chaos will be absent. It tells us that the final home would have no death. You see, church, the first rebellion took place in Eden because of sin and its ensuing chaos. And because of that, the rebels, the the, the rebels, they were cast out of Eden. But, Eden will be restored to where God and His creation will dwell together. So in the first Eden, Adam and Eve, they hid their faces from God when they sinned. Thank God, thank goodness that in this new Eden, the redeemed will turn their face towards God's face and God will permanently dwell with men and His name will be on their foreheads. So whether in our death or when Jesus returns here, in the New Eden, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 10 to 13, tells us that Jesus will introduce us to the rest of the divine council and the divine council to us. What a scene. Besides being introduced to all the angels, I can imagine being introduced to, hey, Joey, this is Paul. Oh, over to your right, that's Abraham. Hey, in front of you, hey, Moses, good to see you. Can you imagine that scene where we will meet not just the angels, but also everyone that we have read about. The, des- the divine sons of God who were with God during the creation event. So church, all images of God, whether human or divine, so long as you have chosen to have believing loyalty in Yahweh, they will be with God. They will be with God. Revelation chapter 22 verse 5 tells us, that night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light and they will reign forever and ever. Now, earlier on, I spoke about the holy city, right? We're going to come back to the holy city now. In chapter 21, verse 2, it tells us that John saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bright adorned for her husband. Now, we already know that the church is the bride of Christ. So yes, this means that our church, Grace Assembly, we are a part of the holy city. We are a part of that church that John was describing. In chapter 21, verse 9 to 21, it's a really long passage. John was shown the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. It's a really long passage, so I'm just going to highlight the people who are going to be in this holy city, and again, God's blended family. So in verse uh, chapter 21, verse uh, 12 and 14, John describes this city. It had a great high wall with 12 gates, and at the gates, first group of people, 12 angels. And on the gates, the names of the 12 tribes of the sons of Israel, second group of people, were inscribed. And the wall of the city had 12 foundations, And on them were the third group, 12 names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. So in this symbolic description, it tells us that the the blended family will consist of both human and divine images of God. But why do we need to know all these things about God's family? How does God make all things new here? So Gracians, catch this. You must catch this. We must know this because we have been adopted into God's family. We have been adopted into God's family and therefore, as God's images, we have a new identity. And because we have a new identity, it must impact how we live. It must impact how we serve God. As God's images, we have a new identity and this impacts how we live for and serve God god god's ultimate purpose in redemptive history is for his creation to dwell in his presence and enjoy him forever it happened at the point of our salvation and in the new heaven and the new earth we will experience this fullness so question gracious how are you living for god how are you serving god wherever you are how do you serve your family and your faith community How do you live out your faith in in, in God, in your workplaces, outside of the faith community? Church, it is never too late to start living for God and to start serving God in your new identity, in God's family. Now this point is long, I know that. But we must understand why we can look forward to a new home with God's reunited family and its impact on us in this side of eternity. It is in this renewed Eden that we can also look forward to. And this is point number two, we can look forward to a new home with a new life. A new home with a new life. When I got married, my wife and I, we moved into my mom's flat. And my bedroom was transformed from a bachelor's pet, sort of, into a newlyweds room. Now, my roles in the household, it also evolved as well. I wasn't just a son to my mom. I wasn't just a brother to my sister. But now, in this new home, or in the same home, I am also a husband. And when Eden, my my daughter, was born nine years ago, my role evolved again. I became a father. And by the time Eden was born, my wife and I and Eden, we had already moved to our new place. It was a new home. And we started a new life there and with new household rules in order to establish a new family culture, a new home. And we started our new life in a new home. And this can be said about our new home in the future renewed Eden. We will have a new home. And in this new home, we will live a new life. Now, what is crucial about this new home, the the new life in the new home, is that Jesus reverses the curse of the three rebellions in Genesis chapters 3, 6, and 11. Jesus deals with it comprehensively. So, instead of experiencing death that results from sin, in this new home, we will have eternal life. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. Eternal life. Everlasting life. Chapter 21, verse 4 to 6, John wrote that Jesus will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away and he who was seated on the throne said behold i am making all things new and he said to me it is done to the thirsty i will give from the spring of the water of life without payment in verse 21 Verse 1, or verse 22, chapter 22, verse 1, John also recorded that the angel showed him the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. So church, all that God had in mind for the global Eden, God will now bring it to pass. So Revelation not only envisions the redemption of individual souls, but it also envisions the salvation of the whole of creation. As what we have read in the passage just now, in this renewed Eden, there'll be no more pain, no more suffering, no more death, no more mourning. It means that my knee pain will also go away forever, completely, right? And this means that those who continue to live with God in the new Eden will not experience the second death, which is a spiritual one. Now notice too here, John's description of the spring of water of life without payment and the river of the water of life. Now, as soon as the the, the readers read that, they knew that John was referring to the metaphor of eternal life. So God will make the renewed Eden like the beginning. Jesus set the reversal plan, the reversal of the curses plan into motion on the cross when He cried out, it is finished. He cried that out on the cross. But now, in Revelation, He declares, it is done. And He completes God's narrative work, God's redemptive work in the new Eden. And just as God brought the, new, the first creation into being, God will certainly bring His creation to a new beginning. Now, besides eternal life, oh sorry, besides eternal life, in this new home, we will also have abundant life. We will also have abundant life and we know this because in Revelation 22 verse 2 to 3, It describes the holy city as, on either side of the river, the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be anything accursed. This means that in our new home, the curses upon earth and humanity brought on by the fall will be reversed. And those who are formerly sick or disabled will be restored to full health. Not only does the tree of life produce durians, not only does the tree of life produce fruit to be eaten, its leaves also bring about healing for the nations. And so church, in our new home, we will enjoy supernatural abundance as well as peace and purity because the Word of God says no longer will there be anything accursed. And furthermore, in chapter 22, verse 14 to 15, John wrote this, Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life and that they may enter the city by the gates. Outside are the dogs, the sorcerers, the sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. These gates that shut out unbelievers, evildoers, ungodly people and those who reject God, these are the same gates they will welcome the redeemed community who pledge their believing loyalty to God. Now, how many of you, you have driven overseas before? Or you have been in a car overseas, right? You will know that those of you who have traveled in, in a road overseas, you would hardly ever plan in your itinerary one whole afternoon where you drive around the neighborhood in circles getting lost. Nobody plans that, right? In an overseas holiday, We want to get into the car with the destination in mind and we try to go there as efficiently as possible. Why? Because we don't want to waste precious time getting lost when we can be exploring new places. And for those of us who live in Singapore, we also want to explore new food to consume. Food is very important to us who live in Singapore. And so it's the same with our lives, Gratians. We either live with our destination in view or we don't. We either live with our destination in view or we don't. And our awareness of our destiny and our final destination, it should change how we conduct ourselves and live our lives. If you know the end goal, if you know where you're heading to, the way you head there has to change as well. Gratians, what if I told you that one day, all believers of Jesus, even those you dislike, even those you find irritating, those who are harder to love, those who have hurt you, stressed you, offended you, as well as those whom you have sinned against or those who have sinned against you. What if I told you that all of them are going to be with you in the new home forever? Forever. So it tells me that If you believe in Jesus Christ, the person sitting next to you will be with you forever. And for those of you who may not like me or someone else in this group, I'll be with you forever. (laughs) What if you knew that in this new home, you will still be walking the same streets as them, sharing the same building as them, getting into the same lift and pressing the same floor with them? forever. You know, I'm so glad that my friend who brought me to Grace understood this. He knew that I was made in God's image and he wants me to be a part of the future home. And that's why, by the grace of God, two of us will be in that new home forever, right? Forever, right? (laughs) And do some of us treat our colleagues and classmates better than we treat fellow believers? Do some of us also look at some of our friends and our business associates outside the faith community, when we look at them and we see the way they conduct themselves, we tell ourselves, no lah, they will never be able to enter God's kingdom. Have we judged them before Jesus even did? So, have we condemned their eternity before Jesus even did? Christians, instead of having all that kind of negative energy or or poor attitude towards all of these folks in and outside the faith community, why don't we put the same energy in moving all of them towards Jesus? Can I get an amen? amen? Yes. If we know our eternal destiny, if we know our future destination, it must change how we think and act in the present. Knowing what happens eventually keeps our present circumstances in perspective. So yes, we will have a new home. And in it, we will live new lives with a new purpose. So, Christians, as God makes all things new, it demands that we examine our conduct. And it compels us to live differently and triumphantly. And that is why, finally, in this new Eden, in this renewed Eden, we can look forward to, and here's my third point, we can look forward to a new home to rule in and a new world to reign in. A new world, a new home to rule in and a new world to reign in. It's simple, friends. Jesus makes us His co-heirs and co-rulers. Chapter 21, verse 6 and 7, John heard Jesus say, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. The one who conquers will have this heritage. I will be his God and he will be my son. My friends, let me tell you in the new home, you and I, we will rule as God's sons and daughters. What a a wonderful thing to look forward to. The phrase, the one who conquers. Those of you who have been taking sermons, you know that it's an allusion to sermon two and sermon three. It will remind you of what Jesus said to the churches in Thyatira and Laodicea. Chapter two, verse 26, Jesus said, that the one who conquers and keep my works until the end, to him I will give authority over the nations. Chapter 3, verse 21, Jesus said, the one who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. Twenty-one, Chapter 21, verse 22, John's readers, when, when they heard this, they were probably surprised because John wrote this. And John I I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb. So for John's recipients, they, they always saw every major city having a major landmark, which is a temple. So when they read this, they were like, eh, how come no temple? Here, we read that there's no temple in the city because God and the Lamb are its temple. The Lord God and the Lamb have filled the city with their glorious presence. And so verse, chapter 21, verse 23 to 25, it continues this description. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and its lamb is the lamb. By its light will the nations walk, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it, and its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. Chapter 22, verse 5, it adds this, and night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or sun for the Lord God will be their light and they will reign forever and ever. We don't need solar power, we just need God's power, right? And so God's glorious presence, formerly dwelling in the Holy of Holies in a temple, has now burst forth and filled the entire new cosmos. The heavenly city has no need of sun or moon to shine. Why? Why? because it has the glory of God. And so let's read on in chapter 21, verse 26 to 27. They will bring into it the glory and the honour of the nations, but nothing unclean will ever enter it. Not anyone who does what is detestable and, or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. So watch this, with no more destruction, no more death, no more suffering, and even with sinners and unbelievers going where they have chosen to go. It tells us that these gates of the New Jerusalem, they are now flung open. And now security measures will be redundant. It tells me that there'll be no more terrorists. There'll be no more evildoers. There'll be no more ungodly ideologies. There'll be no more extremists penetrating the city walls. Why? Because they will be denied entry. And instead, through these gates, the kings of the earth will bring the glory of the nations. Chapter 22, verse 16, Jesus said, I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright morning star. Jesus is described this way because the one who establishes God's kingdom through David's line is the Messiah. So if we put everything together, what does it all mean? It tells us that Jesus will establish God's kingdom and the disinherited nations of the earth, once dominated by principalities and powers, they will now be ruled by the sons and daughters of God. Jesus will put His human brothers and sisters, that's us, God's sons and daughters, in charge of the new global Eden. In the new heaven and the new earth, we will be stewarding over all that God has created. We will live the life offered in Eden enjoying and caring for what God has made. And we get to do it side by side with divine beings who remained loyal to Him. And we will do it in perfect teamwork because everyone in this blended family, they are aligned to God's will. Every child of God will have a special role and will rule in their respective spheres. Every part of God's creation will play its part. Every images. Talent and gift will be fully deployed to serve everyone. We will experience flawless teamwork and mutual submission. Ruling and reigning in the new heaven and earth will be perfect. Now, you know, I caught a glimpse of this perfection through writing this sermon. There are usually two preachers per sermon, and Pastor Peter and I are preaching this message. He'll be preaching at Grace at Bukit Batok later. And this final point was inspired when I read Pastor Peter's manuscript. But you know, he wrote his final point after consulting with Pastor Ming Cham and Pastor Jardine, And we he got his ideas from Pastor Ming Cham and Pastor Jardine. And Pastor Ming Cham, Pastor Jardine, they also vetted our scripts together with Pastor Wilson. And when we had finished our manuscript, we will send it to Mad- Madeline from our digital campus, who will help us to create slides. Now you see, all of us in this process, we have the same goal. We all want to teach and to present God's Word accurately and clearly to all of us here. And everybody, we benefit from this teamwork. It's a teamwork. And all of us, similarly, in the new heaven and the new earth, we will reign and rule over all the earth, having the power to govern and manage our new home together. In the new heaven and the new earth, Pastor Peter and I will no longer sweat and stress when we write sermons. And the three pastors, as well as Madeline, will no longer sigh and sleep lesser because we submit late. Perfection, perfection is what we will enjoy in our new home. Amen? So in our new home, where God makes all things new, let's look forward a reunited family, a new life, and how we can rule and reign with Christ. Church, clearly today, we have an open invitation from God. Chapter 22, verse 17 says this, the bride, the spirit and the bride say, come. And, the, and let the one who hears say, Come. And let the one who is thirsty come. And let the one who desires to take the water of life without price. So church, it is time for us to respond to the Word by coming to the Lord today. With all eyes closed, with all heads bowed, I want to give you an opportunity to respond to God's Word. Maybe the Holy Spirit is already speaking to you throughout this sermon And many of us here, we are members of God's family. Many of us here, we are members of God's family. My job today is to remind you that as a member of God's family, you have a mission. And your mission is to be God's agents in restoring His rule on earth. Your mission is to expand His membership, the membership of His family to everyone that you know. Your mission is to tell others about the one true God who loves the ones He has created and who longs to see the return, to long to see them return to His family. Gratians, you must realise that you are vital to someone's path in the kingdom. Every single day, with every person that you meet, whether intentionally or unintentionally, you have an opportunity to impact them. If you meet an unbeliever, your mission is to bring them out of darkness. The darkness of sin. And your job is to bring them into God's glorious light. And if you meet a believer, your mission is to encourage him or her in the hard task of fulfilling God's purpose here. Gratians, everything we do says, everything we do and say matters. Your job is to see what God wants you to do and to do it. When we say we walk by faith, we don't walk passively. We walk purposefully. And so today, the first group of people I want to speak with, you're saying, Pastor, I heard, I heard God's Word today. I know my mission. Pastor, count me in. Count me into this mission with my new identity in this new home, in this new family. If that is you, I'd like you to come to the altar and dedicate yourself to be a part of this Edenic vision. So if that is you and you're saying, Pastor, I want to be a part of God's mission. Count me in. If that is you, would you put up your hands? I want to acknowledge you. Thank 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 you. Many hands. If that is your mission, you want to be enrolled into God's mission. God's calling you to do that. Would you raise your hand right now? I want to pray with you. Thank you. I see your hand. Thank you. Thank you. I see hands. Gallery as well. If that's your mission, you're saying, God, count me in. I'd like you to raise your hand to the Lord as well. Thank you. Thank you. See your hand. Thank you for raising your hands. The second group of people I want to speak with are those who know that you have hurt someone or you've been hurt by someone. Those, maybe you have a pet peeve against, those that you find are very difficult to correlate, but today you learn they're going to be with you forever. So it means that in our time on earth, let's make peace. Let's reconcile. Let's restore that relationship to what it should be and look like in our new home. So today, you know that you need to make peace with someone. You know that you have offended someone and it's time for you to take a step towards that person to say, hey, we're going to be in the kingdom together. Let's get this right. So if there's someone that you need to get right with today and you're saying, Pastor, please pray for me. I need God to help me because it's really tough to get right with this person. It's really tough to humble myself to get right with this person and I need God's help. If that is you, would you raise your hand to the Lord? No one's looking around. It's just you. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your hands. Thank you on top. I see that. I'm going to wait a little bit longer. If there's someone that you need to get right with and you're saying, God, help me get right with that person, would you raise your hand to the Lord? Thank you for your hands. I appreciate that. Thank you. You may put your hands down. And finally, my last, the last couple of people I want to speak to today. There are some of you here who are not yet a part of God's family. And perhaps this is the first time you heard about Jesus. And perhaps this is not the first time you heard about Jesus or you have been invited. This is not the first time you've been invited to make a decision. Perhaps this is also not the first time you've been asked. You've been asking yourself about your purpose on earth or what happens after you are done on this earth. I believe that through the reading of chapter 21 and 22, there is no grander vision than what the future will look like, than a new home with a reunited family, a new life, and ruling and reigning eternally with Christ. And so my invitation for you today is simple. Come, come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. You have heard God's Word, come. You're thirsty for more, come. You desire to take the water of life that's already been paid for by Jesus' death and resurrection on the cross. Come. Don't wait any longer. Come. If that is you, you're saying, I want to make a first-time decision to give my life to Jesus, would you raise your hand as well? I want to pray with you. Thank you. I see your hand. Thank you. Praise God. I want to take a little bit longer. We're not going to rush this. If that is you, You want to make a first-time decision to believe in Jesus Christ. Would you raise your hand to the Lord? Church, can I get all of us to stand to our feet? I've given three calls today. Those who say, count me in, Pastor. I want to be a part of this mission second group of people are those who say I need to get right with someone God please give me humility and courage and wisdom and the third group are those who say God I want to make a first time decision to believe in Jesus Christ if that is you as the worship team leads us in worship I would like you to come to the front and come forward to the altar the invitation from the word of God this morning is clear come come our leaders and pastors are here to pray with you at the altar and so my invitation is come the altars are open let's worship the god the, our God together I will lift my eyes
1: okay. me Christ, Holy god, my life is yours my the altar is open let's come to this place and just to just allow God to minister. Coming. I see people keep coming. Keep coming. Lift lift right. You lift up your hands. I have to I'm not lift up. Can I come? Please oh, come. Let's, Let's take the next few moments. We just allowing oh, God to do something is in your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Come on, the rest of us shall we worship the Lord. sing the chorus one more time i just sense that it's that engagement god is wanting to do because god wants to make all things new. he has already made all things new but right now the call of god is to you there. to step in to claim what god has for you your family and your household as we sing the chorus one more time take me deeper we're asking for god's revelation we're availing ourselves he says here is my life i put it at the altar Committing myself to follow your way. If that's you, would you lift up your hands as we worship the Lord together? So be deeper, deeper with you. Lord, this is our prayer. Let everything be I am, you, with, all all I am you, with, with every This is our pride. Lord, we lift our hands to surrender to you today. We surrender our lives to You. We surrender our lives to You. Father, this morning we thank You for Your Word.